Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Coach Taku listeners, this is Christina with my gracious, brilliant co-host Mary, and thanks for tuning in for this latest and greatest episode. So this week, you know, we've been taking a look at what's hot in anime, what has, you know, new seasons coming out, what is there worth talking about, and for this occasion, I convinced our beloved Mary to watch a sports anime. That's right, folks, I did it. It seemed like an impossible task, but coaching is all about declaring and fulfilling. And so this week, we are getting into Haikyuu, the most hyped volleyball anime I've ever been a part of in my entire life. And I'm not even in it. I just feel a part of it. That's how hype it is. So anyway, if you're not familiar with Haikyuu, it is exactly what I said. It's an anime about volleyball. It's amazing. There's an anime and a manga. For this episode, we're mostly covering like the early events of season one. So while we'll try to mention any big spoilers, if you're new to the series, hopefully it won't be too impactful on you. And with that being said, I think the best thing to know about Haikyuu, if you're new to it, is essentially it starts with our beloved character Hinata, who's pretty short, but he loves volleyball. And he specifically has always been inspired by a famous high school player who was just as short as he was, but was the school's ace. And so he goes on a mission to join a team and also get to be that all-star player. And along the way, he meets Kagayama, who's an incredible setter with a bit of an attitude problem that we'll get to in a little bit. And all these other amazing, you know, different characters and players as you see all of them take on this journey of high school volleyball and looking to be the very best like no one ever was. Anything you'd like to add, Mary? I think that sums up the the anime pretty well. I think uh, what I would just add is that the coaching conversation that we're having with this magical anime is really about teams and team relationships because, I mean, this one is really easy because it's a sports team, so the team is already there. But when you think about team, think about the teams that you have in your own life, whether it's a relationship, it's a family, you maybe lead a team or part of a team, and the different dynamics uh, that happen when you're relating to one another. And I think one of the most fascinating things about watching this anime is act- you can actually see how these relationships are built because they start as a really new team, getting to know all these different personalities and players, sometimes overstepping roles. And it's fascinating to kind of have them identify their own strengths and how they can play together. Yeah, and and added to that, I think what's great about sports anime or sports in general is it's a very, I don't want to say low gradient, because if you are an athlete, you know that winning championships really does matter to you. But I, I mean low gradient in the sense of you really get to see that translation of winning as a sports team and how you can use it as a metaphor for how would you win as a team within a company or an organization? Yeah. So at the start, we have, as Christina pointed out, this very short player, but he's super talented. I mean, this 
this his name is Hinata, and there are a lot of names and a lot of players. So one apologies for any mispronunciations, and two so sorry if we missed one or like got the name wrong. <laughs> so, but Hinata is like one of the he has so much drive and force and power. And he has these amazing jumps. So what he doesn't have in height, he actually makes up in speed and these uh, really high jumps. Uh, And then in the first episode, you kind of see him as being the heart of his team. He's really carrying the team. He's the only one that's committed to playing because uh, it's in his school, in his world, it was related to as a girl's club, not really a boy's club. So he's really carrying the game and he's playing against one of the best teams and Kageyama, who's considered the king uh, on his team because he's so powerful and he has a lot of strikes. Um, And so you see the dynamic between the two and it's just like they're super competitive. They don't get along. They're different personalities, like oil and water. And the interesting part of it is that at the end of the episode, now going into high school, they're both they both applied and got recruited by the same school so now they're on the same team and this leads to these two fierce competitors now playing on the same team with each other which is really funny yeah and and not only is it funny but it's also perfect because what you see is both of them come from very different places what i mean by that is hinata comes from a middle school where to marry your point volleyball did not matter at all so when he ends up in the high school that he ends up in, he's thrilled because they were former champions. Like back in the day, this was the same school that his idol, the you know, that his idol, the little giant played for. However, you see Kageyama, who's been considered a prodigy in the volleyball world, devastated. You know, he didn't get recruited by the top high schools. He views this one as a bit of a washout. They haven't won in years. And so you see him showing up with his, you know, nose stuck up a little bit being like, oh, what the heck? Like, I have to like whip this team into shape. And I think that those two polar opposites are part of what makes the series so endearing because you have the eternal optimist that's like, oh my God, yay, I finally get to play. We're going to make it amazing. And when you have the, the cynical genius who's like, oh, God, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And so you can see how this could be a disastrous situation when you have these two fierce competitors against each other on the same team. They don't get along. They don't see eye to eye. They relate to things differently. They have different personalities. And so it's just, it's just a bad situation all around. And I think that one of the things that struck me really early on was the captain and his ability to call it out and say from the get-go, hey, this isn't going to go this way. So he actually tells them, I'm not going to accept your applications until you learn how to be a team together. And I mean, talking about team dynamics, having a team captain that can kind of, and and what's funny too, before I even go there, is that he seems like such a gentle person, (laughs) like almost a pushover when you're first introduced to him because you're like, oh, anyone can get away with anything with this guy. But then you see him take action with these two new players. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then you're impressed and you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Was that your impression to Christina when you were watching? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's like, to your point, Daichi, the captain, he calls out what is fundamentally flawed with both of their thinking. Because regardless of whether you're the optimistic Hinata or the cynical Kageyama, what you immediately see is neither of them really understand what teamwork is. You know, Hanada's like, oh my God, I can't wait to play so I can be the ace and I can be the most important player. 
and you see Kageyama coming from the, well, everyone else sucks, so I'm going to have to be the most important player. And Daichi, is the, as the captain, is the first person to be like, hey, on the court, there is no most important player. Like, we work as a unit or we don't work at all. And subsequently, in the following team-building episodes, this is why I love sports anime. There's always like, you know, they got to go find the rest of the team. And sure enough, what you realize is until you build the rest of the team, like until they go and get Azumane, one of their amazing spikers, they get Nishinoya, their Libero, until they actually bring all the players together, things feel like they're missing. They're disjointed. They'd, there's weaknesses. There's parts that not everyone can get to. And from day one, Daichi being like, you have to learn to play as a team really builds up the significance and the importance of getting that every person on the court matters. And there's a role that every single one of them needs to fill. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a captain's power. Like he really saw it and he was like, this is the foundation for this. And he laid the groundwork for all, you know, for the partnership that became Hinata and Kageyama, which was like this, they, um, spoiler alert, I think it happens early on where they started, they created a new move using both their strengths and working together. And that shows you that even though the team wasn't fully formed at that point in time, but you can start seeing the power that working together has for each one of them, which I think is really cool. So Christine, I'm curious to know what other dynamics like caught your attention because there are so many of them, but I'm curious to know what you saw, what part, you know, what caught your, your eye. Ooh, yeah. So my favorite character of the series is Nishinoya, who's the libero who, if you're not familiar with volleyball, it basically means he's this short little guy who stands in the back and his role is to make sure that first hit, like once the ball first comes over the net, it gets hit. You could actually set it up for a play. And the reason I love him so much is he embodies his role of the libero. Like he basically, one of his lines is something along like, hey, if, if I make sure the ball is up in the air, you don't get to quit. Like all I have to do is keep the ball in motion. And if I accomplish that, none of you get to quit. And there's a, a fiery, resolute passion with which he exclaims that, that both makes him a leader on the court, but also elevates everyone else up. Like he actually gets that he's the starting line, like he's the catalyst for everyone else's role to matter. Because Kageyama can't set the ball if it's not hit. You know, Azumane or Tanaka or Hinata can't spike the ball if it's not hit. Nishinoya becomes the pivotal character to make sure that everyone else on the court gets a chance to be great and show what they've got. How about you, Mary? There's, I think they each have their own strengths. I think one of my favorite characters to just watch because I have so much fun with him is Tanaka. And Tanaka is just, uh, I love him because he looks like a gangster. Like what a quote unquote stereotypical gangster looks like in anime. <laughs> you know, he just looks like really mean and badass and um, people are scared of him when they, when they reach him. But he actually has so much heart and love and he'll actually you actually see him step out of out of his way for his team so in the beginning when Hinata and Kageyama were still kind of forming as a team as a duo it's um Tanaka who steps in and he's like well I'm gonna open with you I'm gonna open the gym earlier so that you guys can practice and make sure that you're ready 
And so you see him just like really support his team with his like drive, tenacity, um, anger at times, just like really rile the team up and say, I'm not going to lose. And it's, it's so cool to watch his his energy around it. Yeah. And so something that we've been hinting at here, and I, I really want to underscore for our listeners, is what you may have noticed is every character we've highlighted is both a team member and a leader of the team. And I actually think it takes relating to yourself as both to make a team work. So I'm going to say that again. It, to make a team work, it actually requires your, your humility to see yourself as a member of the team, but then your ownership to see yourself as a leader of the team. And so Daichi as the captain, automatically leader of the team. He emphasizes teamwork. Nishinoya, the way that he demonstrates his leadership is by being the morale. He's the one that creates hope and, and catalyzes the play. Tanaka chooses to be a leader because he's the hothead. He's willing to call it how it is. And when shenanigans are happening, he's like, hey, fuckers, this doesn't work. Like, we got to mix it up. And, you know, I want to win this. So we better win this together. I kind of, I love that so much, Christina. And if, if you didn't write it down, rewind, write it down, put it in a post-it, especially if you work with teams. Because here's the thing. When you think about a team, a team isn't one person. These, all these individuals have this raw skill and ability and a lot of strength as individuals, but individually, they are not a team. It's actually when they step on the court and are working together that the magic happens, that the beauty happens. So think about that when you're working on a team yourself, whether it's a family or a relationship or company or organization. And how the and here here's how you make a dream team. These are the makings of because one it requires the talent, but two it requires the partnership, the collaboration, the trust between all the different players. So again, if you didn't write it down, rewind, post it for yourself. Yay, we have post-it moments. So bouncing off of what you just said, Mary, the there's a balance, right? You got to balance the talent with the partnership. And so one of the dynamics on the team that I really want to use to highlight this point is the difference between when Kageyama is on the court as the setter and when Sugawara is on the court as the setter. And so to be clear, even though Daichi is the captain, in some ways the setter becomes, uh, again, a major leader of the team because it's their job to decide who's going to get the ball to try to spike it over the net and get a point. And I love the comparison because in some ways, Kageyama is the embodiment of talent. He's the prodigy, he's the genius, he has the skills without even needing to try, and he still tries, he constantly hones his skill. Whereas Sugawara is the team senior who has relationships with everyone. Like he's just good friends and knows what makes people feel confident, knows what makes them feel needed, knows what makes them feel included. Like he's the partnership part. And so what you actually see is the team operates differently based on who's on the court with them. And there's pros and cons to both of these things. Because for Kageyama, when he's on the court, the pro is there's tons of efficiency. Like people know exactly where they got to go because he has the talent and the genius to see where they need to go. But the consequence is sometimes he forgets partnership. Like sometimes he actually forgets to rally the team and he becomes so hot-headed and so critical and so condescending that 
that he becomes the lone king of the court. The team doesn't follow him. They, they feel discouraged by him. Whereas you have Sugawara, who conversely, the consequence of his leadership style sometimes is he's not willing to take risks. You know, he's comfortable with what he knows. He doesn't necessarily have the talent to try crazy moves or improvise new things in the moment. But what he does have is whenever Kageyama accidentally lowers the team's morale, he gets to show up on the court and raise everyone up again because he remembers, oh, this is how this person likes the ball set. You know, calling to them is going to make them feel valuable in this play. Here's how I, I lift everyone up and re-energize them. Yeah, and you can really see this in towards the end of season one when they're in a game. And you can really see Sakawara step up because in this spoiler alert, one, two, three, <laughs> um, Kageyama is really driven by a, the, the player, one of the players from the opposing team, but he's super competitive. And this is the player that he aspires to be like. And then it's in this game where this player is like, you can see that his genius is in driving holes on, on this dream team. He like can see the, the gaps that, that um, Kageyama, that Hinata, that Nishinoya have in their game. And he's like, this is how we can attack them. So you see him like kind of dispersing the team and you can see how it's affecting Kageyama and it's getting to his head. It's getting to his ego because he wants to be the best. And so that's when this team starts to slowly collapse on the court. And then it's when the coach says, okay, time out, we're going to send Sagawara in, that you start seeing the shift in energy because Sagawara isn't concerned with the other guy and what he's doing. He's concerned about his team and how can we play this game? And I think that's a beautiful moment just to see that dynamic happen in, in life. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing is we've mentioned a couple of times in previous episodes how sometimes like the in coaching, the best way to start to learn something new is to watch someone who does it better than you or does it differently than you. And, you know, something I love as the series progresses without giving any spoilers is you actually see how Kageyama and uh, Sugawara learn from each other. Like Sugawara learns to be a bit more of a risk taker and a bit more demanding of what he sees. And you see Kageyama learn to lean on his team more and actually look for their input and their contribution. So, like I said, that's probably one of my favorite pairs to look at in terms of how they feed off of each other and create very particular team dynamics. What about you, Mary? Like, what's what's the icing on the cake of this sports anime for you? I got to tell you that I got to stick with Hinata and Kageyama. I mean, I just think that they're so fun and it's a pleasure to watch them because they still hate each other at the beginning of this. But very quickly on, they become to rely on each other and build this like blind trust to the point that when Kageyama hits the ball, Hinata actually closes his eyes because he trusts that Kageyama will have it, will have it tossed to him in the perfect way so that he can strike it. And so I'm like, that is... I mean, talking about like a free fall exercise, this is like blind trust. Like he's just, he just knows that the ball is going to be there. And I think that duo creating this relationship actually inspires the rest of the team as well. And also like um, creates a different energy for the team. When people are watching them, they're like, did it just happen? Like how, how, and 
you know, what is this? And you can only see them strengthening this, this movement throughout the rest of the series, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So as we start to wrap somehow, I don't know how we could wrap up Haikyuu. It's such a behemoth of a show, which by the way, if you do want us to dive a little more deeply into, you know, future seasons or even the season that's currently going on, feel free to let us know on Instagram or through the coachtakupod at gmail.com email. But what's like the the final takeaway that you'd love our listeners to leave with when it comes to, you know, elevating all the voices on a team, Mary? I think you touched on this earlier, Christina, but it's really, if you're working on a team, it's really about paying attention to the different strengths of each member. So what do you all individually bring to the table and how do you create partnership and collaboration from there? What about you, Christina? What's your takeaway from this? I mean, first of all, my takeaway is I just love this show so much and I feel like you could literally do like half hour episodes on all of the characters individually. But I I think, I think again, the other thing is if you yourself are a leader or if you're a member of a team and you don't relate to yourself as the leader, like, I really encourage you to take a look at where else in your life you've played on teams. You know, was it sports in high school? Were you a part of the drama club? Like, where did you have a place where you worked with other people? And what was the role that you filled when you worked there? Because my guess is if you feel like you're struggling to have your own voice be heard on your team, there's just a particular dynamic, whether you're the cynical genius or the you know, optimistic show off or any of the tropes that are really highlighted well in this series that you could learn to put down and and learn how to grow from. Um, and then I guess the other question I have, Mary, is what did you think of a sports anime? Was it as painful as you thought it was going to be? Okay, I just going to say it's no fantasy or shoujo anime, but I really did enjoy it. <laughs> and I had a lot of fun just watching the relationships develop and all the different lessons that you can take from a sports anime. It's really cool. Yay. And so similarly, if there's any other sports series that you think we should get our hands on, I personally think we've got to do an episode on Yuri on Ice. And if you agree, let us know. And then lastly, Mary, I thought it would be really fun if, you know, given that there are so many characters and they have so many different personality styles, if there is one member of the team that sticks out to you that you would want to coach personally one-on-one and why? Kageyama and access to hard and teamwork. What about you, Christina? Ooh, that's good. I actually, I'd love to coach Azumane. We talked about him a little bit, but he's essentially, he's like the gentle giant of the team. He is a behemoth of a man. He has a gorgeous man bun and he's super powerful. And he just doesn't own that about himself. And even though through the series, you start to see him own his power and own his contribution and own his talent, you really see how he relies on his relationship with Nishinoya to pump him up and have him believe in himself. And so, you know, I've mentioned this before, but my own business is called Hear Her Roar. Like I very much believe in people owning their voices and owning what makes them so incredible. And so I would love to work with Azumane on just having that surefire confidence in himself that all of his teammates have in him as the ace of the team. I love that. Also, I I don't know about you, Christina, but we could coach the whole team together. We don't have to coach them one-on-one. We could do like group coaching and that would be amazing. Yeah, we'll give we'll give their volleyball coaches a break and get in some life and leadership coaches. How about that? All right, folks. So game. So game. Ooh, is that a volleyball pun? <laughs>
I'm learning. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're going to wrap up the sports puns there as well as this episode. Again, if you want us to cover more of Haikyuu, if you think there's another sports anime you think we should cover, feel free to let us know. Our inbox is lonely and could use your love and support. And thanks for listening. Tune in next time. This has been Christina, and I love you very much. Yes. And this is Mary. Please don't forget to subscribe, uh, email us, and we look forward to the next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.